Welcome to Deets and Geets, a pop culture podcast, giving you the deets, the pop culture happenings that pique our interest. And the geets, the music and lyrics that fill up our weeks. I'm Superstar Agni. And I'm LRK. In this episode, we catch up on what we've been into so far this year, including the second iteration of Netflix's popular anthology series, Lust Stories. Karan Johar's new Bollywood blockbuster, Rocky or Rani Ki Prem Kahani, or Rark PK. <laughs> That's what the kids are calling it. <laughs> That's what I'm calling <laughs> The award-winning, or the award-nominated drama, Reservation Dogs. And much more. You don't want to talk about Made in Heaven? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of much more. According to the script. <laughs> okay. Made in Heaven, season two. And much more. <laughs> Okay, so we had a longish episode about Lust Stories 2 that we did, was it last month? Yeah. Oh yeah, it has been like almost a month at this point. Yeah. So, you know, for those who say we need to put out the episodes faster, we tried to do that. But uh, the episode was just too long and we tried to compare Lust Stories 1 and Lust Stories 2 and it got a little bit uh, convoluted, I think. Yeah, also, I don't feel super, like, strongly about either season, so it doesn't, yeah, I feel like it's, I'm not, like, inspired enough to make that be, like, a super long episode. Yeah, basically, it came down to first Lust Stories, 2018, was it? 18 or 19. Uh, let's see, Maybe it's 18. in the notes. Yeah, 2018, we liked, like, two out of the three. yeah. And Love Stories 2023, we just like one out of the uh, four. Yeah, I think they all were like okay, but yeah, the second Konkana's one, right? That's the yeah. one that, yeah. Um, yeah, do, I mean, do we even want to like uh, summarize? I guess like the only kind of just catch-all thing I would say about it like yeah I don't really think we need to summarize each of the films or anything Um, but I think I would say I would have expected like more kind of unique storylines this time um, compared to the first one and less like relying on the shock value of less stories but I feel like it actually kind of went the other way like I thought the first set of stories was more um like each of the stories was very different and um it was not very into like skin show and stuff even though it's called lust stories but it was really you know it's much more nuanced than that Mm. and i feel like the second part was more um like it just felt more unnecessarily like um like a lot of skin show and that too through like kind of a gross like male gaze in Mm -hmm. some in some cases so um yeah, it didn't appeal to me as much, um, but if they make another anthology, I'll watch it. So I didn't hate it. But I don't know. From what I've seen, it just seems underbaked. Yeah. Half baked, not fully baked. <laughs> also, yeah, like we, why so much? And we had when we first recorded it, we talked more about this. But um, you know, it's great to see 
stories told about all types of people in all walks of life but I feel like suddenly when it comes to lust stories maids are so overrepresented <laughs> and yeah. it's like okay I mean that yeah why don't we see a movie uh, made by Zoya Akhtar that's about a maid like that's the protagonist of a Zoya Akhtar movie or a Karen Johar movie or whatever I, I don't think Keijo made one that was involved in maid but um yeah and it can be you know any genre rom-com whatever like um it, but suddenly it's like less story and it's always kind of like gritty or kind of um sad or whatever you know and, and that's where you see like maids and it's like all right I mean, what does that say about society and art and everything um but yeah just an observation what were we watching um, years ago that had like um, sort of the maid's despair? I don't know if it was domestic abuse or whatever, but... Oh, Vida de Wedding. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that talk too, because it's, you know, about four, like, you know, upper middle class, educated women, and like, you know, it's feminist in that world, which is fine. Like, I don't think everything needs to be like, um, you know, intersectional and stuff. Like, it can be a light whatever thing about privileged women. Yeah. But um, but then, yeah, why do they have to have that, like, little side plot where, yeah, the maid is facing domestic violence and then that's kind of made into, like, a joke. Like, she's like, oh, forget about my situation. This other thing is more important. And it's like, all right. Yeah, like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder, like, how that played on the page. You know, like, if people were, like... No, I don't even know how you could sort of um, try to make that seem as you're flipping something on its head that's just pretty much being tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to play devil's advocate, but I can't think of any way that that's subversive or anything. Okay. Um, let's see. So we're done with less stories. Then. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I feel kind of bad for the me that sat there editing all that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're not really, um, did you add to this or you have your separate list? I don't have a separate list. Okay, so uh, let's just go down the line and um, we can um, play it by ear. Oh, look whose face popped up on the spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, so um, our daughter, who hasn't uh, been on an episode for a while, if you've been listening to the earlier episodes, you would have heard her screaming in her high chair. But now she can form sentences, uh, so she'll help us with the titles. Okay, Chef, uh, no, what's her name? DJ Chefish Lee? I think depending on the context, if she's going to be talking about food, she can be Chef Ushleen, and if she's talking about, like, deeds and beats, she can be DJ Ushleen. Okay. Alright, DJ Ushleen, take it away. Where's the missing box? I'm super proud of this series. I had high hopes from the beginning, um, and all the folks involved have knocked it out of the park for the uninitiated this show. Um, is the coming-of-age story of four indigenous teens, and it was shot on location in the capital of the Muscogee Nation. The first couple of episodes, um, I personally thought were a little one-note, but they quickly get over that, and the show reveals itself to be um, powerful, insightful, funny, and daring, all in the same episode. 
very easily, and it's a testament to um, how stellar a show featuring uh, Native folk can be with an all-Native writer's room. So definitely worth the watch. Season 3, the final season, is streaming now on uh, FX, I think. And we've only gotten two or three episodes in this season. Yeah, we've just watched two. I think a third one is out, so we should watch it, though. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It's a, such a great show, and it really holds up over the seasons, too, so that's yeah. also nice, because some shows, I feel like I was really into it in the first season, and then somewhere along the way, I just like lose interest, but this has just consistently been so good, mm. and they get into, like, you know, like, there's a common, there's, like, you know, the overall thread of the, the story, but then they get experimental in a good way. Sometimes it can go wrong when shows do that, but mm. there's episodes that, that are just like kind of out there. Like it'll just be focused on one character who might not even be like one of the, the four main characters. Mm. Um, and it'll just have them, like there was one episode where like the cop, um, what did he have, like shrooms or something? Yeah. And then he just like started seeing things and like, found some like white cult <laughs> in like yeah. the middle of nowhere and, and yeah, he teamed just... up with another secondary character one of the uh, white guys from the junkyard I think mm, yeah that's there. right yeah so they just they have like just really sometimes funny sometimes absurd kind of um, subplots and um, sometimes really heavy ones too but then they always kind of bring it back and make it just a really delightful show so yeah I really like it um I was gonna say something else about it. oh so and I'm very happy that they were able to realize a goal a lot of shows tease on something happening and then there's always something that gets in the way that really frustrates me <laughs> yeah. about shows the season, maybe two, I get it, but if that's just like the MacGuffin, the like they will never accomplish that. Okay, maybe that's fine, but for silly reasons why they can't do it, it really makes me mad. But in this show, I, I feel like it's surreal, but in its own universe, it's um, logical. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, exactly. Made in heaven. So we watched the first episode of the second season together. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a little bit preachy. Like it kind of almost felt like they had read all the critiques of Indian matchmaking and they're like, okay, let's address, you know, these critiques through, you know, our show, which also is about like very rich people having these elaborate weddings, um, Indian weddings. So uh, the first episode takes on colorism. I think they, you know, of course it's great to do that. And that's something we've talked about a lot that like, um, when are they finally gonna like, uh, um, not just kind of like, let it be um, a norm that like, oh, bear is beautiful, but actually call it out. So they did, but I feel like it just was too, um, blatantly done almost like the Bollywood movies where like the criminal at the end has to explain like everything they did to like inspectors <laughs> inspectors yeah. this is how I did it yeah, exactly so yeah. it just felt too spelt out and I think they could have just 
made that be part of that story, but not like instead of the story being about that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you watched another episode? Yeah, I watched another, and then I'm in the middle of the third.、Um, so the second one took on like domestic violence.、Um, the third, I can't. I mean, it's about like a couple that's like cheating and like that guy. Like so, like two people are engaged, and it turns out that. Their parents, like the one of their mothers, is like having an affair with the other's father,、mm-hmm. and so it's like a whole like awkward situation.、Um, so yeah, I mean it, the season is still you know interesting, and then you still have、um, Thada and Arjun. Wait, was the character's name not Arjun? I think the actor's name is Arjun. Anyway, like the two wedding planners, like they have their、um, things going on in their lives that. They're still grappling with so,、um, and then Jazz and Mini SRK Kabir. <laughs> <laughs>、um, so yeah, I mean, those characters are still, you know, they they still have their arcs and everything, and so it's good. But I just feel like this might be one where they need to. I mean, I don't know what the plan is if they're going to keep having more seasons, but.、Um, I feel like toning down the preachiness and just focusing on like, just being unapologetic about the world they're in. You know, like yes, if they are rich Indians in Delhi, <laughs>、uh, I think they should just focus on that. And then naturally, things come up in that world that are like messed up that that they can make sure to call out as they go along. But I just don't want it to be like. This episode is taking this issue on. Mm, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think、um, it's to, for me. It's a natural progression of、um, what was set up in the first season. So it's I don't like it when they go from one season to the next, and like the second season, they feel like they have to do it bigger and bolder, and,、mm. and the stakes are like super high. I, I feel like I, I enjoy that. It continues, you know, the sort of vibe of the show is the same.、Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I agree with the preachiness that you brought up, but、um, as far as just like the character arcs, I feel like it's a, a good progression.、Mm-hmm. Velma. Yeah, so we were late to jump on the whole Velma hate unites the internet craze, but we were pretty tied up with other things at the time. So、um, we're here now to talk about Velma. And it has been renewed for a second season. Yay!、Um, <laughs> supposed to happen early 2024, but with the writers' strike, I don't know if that will happen.、Mm. And I stand in solidarity with the writers. I mean, I feel like they've come out with some great content. Over yeah, especially like everything I've watched this year has been just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have only seen maybe like two episodes, and then passively walking by when you, whenever you were watching it.、Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything that was worth all the hate. It seems like any other, you know, like adult-oriented、um, animated series, you know, with the crass humor.、Um, Yeah, I don't know. People are saying like, "Oh, it's you know so dirty or raunchy, or they shouldn't have done that." But Family Guy is out there. American Dad is out there.、Um, I haven't seen Bob's Burgers. I don't know if that show is out there, but The Simpsons that can get pretty out there too. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was any different in that sense. If you don't like Mindy, then just say you don't like Mindy, but don't say the show is like, oh, that's woke trash or whatever. Yeah, just so much unnecessarily unnecessary pearl clutching from all ends. You know, it's like people thinking that it's like so offensive because it shows like teenagers. Like the first episode kind of, um, you know, has all these like high school girls in a locker room talking about like, oh, isn't it like, uh, isn't it funny how whenever like there's like in, like slasher movies, how like girls always have to be unnecessarily naked and then they, you know, they show them being unnecessarily naked while they're saying that. Yeah. I mean, that's what satire is, right? And it's a freaking cartoon. So like, yeah. Were they they're covered sh- by like bubbles or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't think they were like even really naked, but yeah, they were like, yeah, covered by like, something in the shop but um yeah i mean come on that's the sense of humor of the show it's like it it, again kind of spells things out too much but it's like talking about tropes and then like embodying the trope while doing that yeah um so yeah i mean i had a fun time watching it like i think it was a unique twist on Um, the Scooby-Doo characters and giving them like a backstory and showing um, the different ways that they've like bonded with each other and um, making Daphne be like the cool popular girl and having her own like history with Velma and, and then Fred being like this privileged little white boy and um yeah people being offended at that was just like ridiculous too so yeah people from all sides were offended of course there's like the people who don't want anything against like or what they perceive as being against like white people or or boys or men or whatever mm-hmm. and um and then people who who like south asians who think mindy is not progressive enough or is not like a good representative of south asians which i've felt that way in a lot of ways too but i also feel like it's a very heavy burden to put on one so she can't do anything i mean (laughs) what other options does she have i mean i guess maybe just not be herself yeah and i mean like there's so much humor revolving around like women feeling self-conscious about their bodies like that's Amy Schumer's entire brand of humor which I know some people don't many people may or may, or may not like her but if you like her sense of humor um, then Mindy Kaling is just taking that same idea of like being you know body conscious and then also adding in being brown and all the tropes that come with brownness, like Harry and whatever, whatever. Because yeah. people were mad, like, oh, how, why is she, like, you know, um, perpetuating the stereotype of brown not being attractive and stuff. And it's like, well, she's commenting on that being how people are, are made to feel. So, I don't know. It's, so it's just... It's probably her experience. Yeah, it's her experience. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that some of the critiques were just ridiculous. Um also, like, you know, I haven't seen the Barbie movie yet, but um, a lot of the same people who were so mad at Velma are loving Barbie. And I'm like, how exactly does that work? Because from what I can tell of Barbie, it's kind of, and people are calling it a feminist movie. And I'm like, well, if Barbie is a feminist movie, then I think Velma is a feminist show, right? Yeah, because Barbie is under Mattel. 
which you know is is like a big corporation yeah funding this movie who I'm pretty sure if there was anything that was objectionable to them they would not allow it right so like yeah even when they are like you know maybe the movie does make fun of the fact that it's been owned by like men dictating how women are supposed to look and stuff but it's still making them money whatever they're doing it's making them money right so um and then it is all like thin women in barbie as far as i can tell right like thin stereotypically attractive women but who feel like um burdened by patriarchy and stuff which of course all women do even if they're that but it's like okay so you have this like blonde thin white woman as barbie and this is like supposed to be a great feminist film but then you can't have velma be like a brown like thick (laughs) whatever woman (laughs) um i don't know it's just i I don't get like people um (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah Because it's all these euphemisms. People don't... They don't really... Like, woke trash. I see that all over the internet. Yeah. It's like, why don't you say what you really want to say? You know, I mean, of course you know you'll be taking a task for it, but is it because you just don't like certain types of people? You know, whatever that may be. If they're female, brown... Heavy said, I, I don't know, just I feel like people just throw these terms out there and then like dog whistle to other people. It's like, why don't you say what you really feel about it and then let's talk about it? Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't love or hate Velma. I, I didn't understand all the hate for it um, personally. I think it, if the other shows that I mentioned before can exist, this show can exist. Yeah. Yeah, people feeling like they had to go out of their way to like give it low ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. I mean, to me, that's like that makes the show a success. Like, you know, if you're getting um, people taking that kind of effort, <laughs> yeah, whether in a very strong, in a very positive or very negative way, like, yeah, you've um, gotten people to pay attention to your show, so that's a success. I mean, if, pe- if people really hated it. Um, genuinely and without needing to like make a point about that they would just not watch it or they would um yeah i mean they would just like not watch it and be like haha this sucks but they wouldn't go like take the effort to give it low ratings and all that yeah do you think uh a lot of people who had those low ratings like watched the whole season i highly doubt it because yeah when you saw like the um screenshots people had it was like just ridiculous out of context screenshots that like don't didn't understand humor like and this also happened with never have i ever like um yeah the south asian hate of mindy is like another level but um people were taking screenshots of never have i ever and showing it to be like um like islamophobic or different things and it's like okay well you have to look at it in context of who the character is and is that character is what the character says what the show says is morally right like if it's not then you have to understand like this character is flawed and they say things like this yeah and so um yeah but just things like that so I, I think people did not watch it or have no like 
media literacy if they did watch it. Google Animals Typo. So I, I don't know if you've been watching a lot of YouTube. I know you're on the uh, the X or the, the Twitties or whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever it's called now. Um, but I've been watching more motorcycle videos since I've gotten a motorcycle. Um, I've had my license for forever, but haven't owned a bike. Um, and one of my favorites is Doodle on a Motorcycle. That's D-O-O-D-L-E on a Motorcycle. And I'm not sure why it's Doodle. I don't know if that's her nickname or whatever, because she's like short and petite, skinny. I don't know what exactly a doodle is anyway. <laughs> um, but she's um, quit her job and become a full-time motorcycle YouTuber. So I didn't know that was like a subculture of, um, I mean, there's all avenues of YouTube, so I guess why not like motorcycle mm. YouTubers? There's game YouTubers. Um, what's that? Uh, not Asper. CRISPR? No. Um, <laughs> uh, Asmer? It's what? Um, oh, like when people just open things yeah. and like. And like touch foil and stuff. And like whisper. Some kind of sensory thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, even that. Uh, what is that? Asimov? <laughs> yeah, forget what, what the term is. Yeah. Um, anyway, she. I, I, I like her videos you know, over uh, other ones because she doesn't pretend to know anything. And it's also interesting because she's been writing for like five years, so she has some skill, but she's sort of doing challenging things um so she's uh like i said petite and uh not much body weight but she rides big bikes um and she does that because since this is her full-time job she like travels a lot um so she needs like a bigger bike because of the bigger tank and because it's more room to carry things uh, storage and all that stuff so it's just interesting seeing like her journey and then now she's branched out and actually visiting interesting places along her travels so I don't know I, I think it's uh I like her channel uh, so I've been watching a lot more of that and it kind of makes me uh, want to be a, a youtuber but we don't have a lot of time and I don't want to have to think about content in order to pay bill that's stressful so yeah. more power to youtubers out there i mean we come out with an episode once every two months now yeah it's that <laughs> yeah. yeah and then not only that i mean we uh we've done maybe three videos for the podcast but mostly it's audio and then you know accompanying graphics mm-hmm. rather than video us that we then have to edit right yeah that is a lot of work you really have to commit to it full time I mean it makes sense that she quit her job and is just doing this yeah and I don't know if I would enjoy doing this as much if it was a job like if you had to like sit down and take notes you can't just like you know we watch a lot of shows but if I had to like just think of content constantly that'd be a yeah, and think about like what's gonna get better engagement and stuff. Yeah. Because then that will like you can't even always just do what you want. It has to be like well, what's gonna get people to <laughs> Yeah, and I mean I I care if people listen to the show, but 
if they don't, we would still do it. Yeah. So, yeah, Doodle on a Motorcycle. Uh, that's what I've been watching on YouTube. Do you watch YouTube anymore? I do. I mean, I just kind of have, a, like, something on in the background a lot when I'm working. So, um, lately, since there's been, like, really good Bollywood content and there will be further up and coming, I've just been excited and watching, like, Film Companion to watch, like, interviews of stars and, like, reviews and stuff. Um... And also Sujarita Yagi, who she used to work for Film Companion, but she has her own channel now. But yeah, I, I enjoy watching their content and their interviews. Hmm. Okay. Uh, did you have any sections? Uh, I didn't write it here, but yeah. So, um, so just a quick note on Rark PK. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky or Rani ki prem kahani. Um, so I hadn't been to the movie theater um, since COVID, except one time, um, Superstar Agni and I went to watch the second Black Panther. Uh, but we went on like, um, like a Wednesday. You can't say the, the second Black Panther. You have to <laughs> say the name. Wakanda Forever. <laughs> yeah, so we went on like a Wednesday like afternoon and we were the only people in the theater, so... Um, and that was deliberate. Like we wanted to see it on the big screen, but without the uh, possible COVID exposure. Yeah. But um, with Rock PK, I was like, uh, I'll get COVID for this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, it was totally worth the going to the theater. Um, it's because I had heard a lot of good things about it. We, mm. I went to see it on the second weekend that it was out. Um, and I had heard so much good stuff about it like throughout the first week, including from uh, a lot of influencers. So I was just wondering like, okay, are people just being like, you know, paid off to say something good about it? Um, and so I went in kind of skeptical. I was like, well, let me see for myself if this is really worth the hype. But I think it is. Like, I think Keijo just completely um, hit the nail on the head and just, I mean, he just got every note right about this movie. So it's a masala, full masala entertainer. It takes you through all the emotions. Um, good music, good um, choreography. Um, it has the nostalgic element. It has two um, you know, older stars, Dharmendra and Shabana Azmi. And I think they were supposed to have a movie together like you know, decades ago, and it never happened. So this is kind of their first movie together and they have like their own romance side plot which is connected with the romance of Rocky and Rani um, and it's just a really good sweet movie also um, you know making certain sem somewhat preachy statements um, but I, I think it did it well um, yeah I, I think it's just a really great movie and I I think it was one of the few that is really worth the hype it's getting. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad for the return of big Bollywood, like big nepotistic Bollywood. Mm. Um, and I'm totally like not against nepotism in <laughs> this industry. Like, And it's funny because I think Keijo had been kind of down on himself for the last couple of years because, I mean, he's had heat on him for various things, but one of them is nepotism he's been called out for like always kind of giving the limelight to star kids and then the 
very first song of this movie has like four star kids in it in cameos. So, um, whatever, more power to him. I feel like, in a way, yeah, but also some directors just like working with certain people. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I think um, if the kids have grown up in that world and they already know how things work and um, they've seen, you know, they've, like, I wouldn't say it's in their blood because it's in their, like, upbringing. Like, they've been in that, like, they've seen how their parents have done it and everything. And, um, yeah, so I know that they have, like, an immense privilege and everything, but if they do a good job, if they, uh, if people enjoy seeing them on screen and they're good to, they're good at their craft and um, they put in the work, like, I don't think it's a bad thing for them to um, get some limelight. And, of course, other people should, too. And Bollywood is getting, is, you know, growing in many different directions and so it's not just this type of movie anymore um but i do like this type of movie too um but yeah i mean there should be a chance for everyone but um i still like bollywood like i still like this type of bollywood too and i'm glad that it's still here mm. well would you consider doom to be part of this type of bollywood? oh yeah for sure so I do miss, yeah, I, I miss that series. I don't know if they're going to bring it back, if they're going to have the same um, protagonist, which I hope they do. Yeah, I heard there is going to be Doom 4, but, and I heard it's going to be with Ranveer, but I don't know if that's true. Um, because that Ranveer, would be cool. Yeah, and because Ranveer also is going to be the new era of Dawn which people have had very strong emotions about, like, because the OG Don is Amitabh Bachchan. I feel like no one can be Amitabh Bachchan. Yeah, that's the thing, though. I feel like Don has a certain level of cool, and it's... Ranbir is like Tom Cruise. You know, he's, like, very energetic. Yeah. And I feel like Don is... Um, I can't think of, like, a Hollywood equivalent, but... He has like a, he's more cool about yeah. things. Um, he, well, SRK, I, I was very skeptical about too. Wait, I I don't remember, no, I didn't finish his Don, but wasn't he like a little hammy? He was, yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because the people who are mad about Ranveer becoming the new Don mm -hmm. are mad because he's not SRK. Wait, what? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, but nobody is Big B. So I don't know what you guys are on about because yeah. if... if SRK can be Don, who is a, SRK is a total ham. Yeah. If he can be Don, then I don't know why Ranveer can't be Don. Like yeah, in that sense, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't know, just make, like, Big B come back Exactly, as Don. That, just, yeah, that's yeah. what I was saying. I think it should just be Big B again. Yeah, why, I mean, he, why is he getting old man roles? He's, he can be like, uh, what, Harrison Ford is still playing Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and I mean, maybe like SRK's generation will be the one that like into their old age is still doing, you know, Bataan and Tiger mm. and stuff because that's what they are still doing, the cons. Yeah. Um, so they might still be doing it when they're Big B's age, but yeah. Who's the director for the newer? Oh, Farhan Akhtar. Oh. Maybe I'll send them a letter. 
<laughs> a typewritten letter. Saying that they should bring Big B back. Yeah. Speaking of which, action movies. Action movies. So we've seen a good, decent amount of action movies in 2023. John Wick 4, Extraction, Franchise. Um, Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone. And some Marvel stuff thrown mm-hmm. in there. Um, so, oh, also, was it Grey Man, Bullet Train? Those, I think, might have been last year. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had written in my notes this whole thing, which I'm not actually going to go into. Uh, John Wick 4 being sort of the um, um, recent invigorator of Hollywood sort of gun fu, which is like kung fu, but with guns. Mm. Um, I mean, because, you know, of course, that has existed before John Wick, which came out in 2014, but I feel like movies these days are sort of emulating that. Um, And even like Heart of Stone had a little bit of that in there um, with her fight scenes. Um, But yeah, I've been enjoying action movies again. For a while, I'd kind of fallen off um, because there's too much... um, People are doing like more of their own stunts now and the the shots are more... um, you can actually see the action rather than jump cuts where somebody throws a punch, they cut to like a different, you know, angle and somebody gets punched in the face and it's too jumpy and it doesn't feel like, uh... I think that happened last time. Sorry, surprise alarm. Welcome to Deets and Geets. I revisited um, Raid, the Raid uh, franchise. Mm. I don't think you've seen that one. Mm-mm. Indonesian martial arts. I forget who the lead actor is. Um, but speaking of John Wick, so this uh, series does have some gunplay, but it's more melee based. Um, but the scenes are not, uh, the shots aren't jump cuts. I mean, it's very much. Um, not all one shot, but you can actually see the actors doing the, the stunts and the, the fighting. Um, and this one particularly, it's an interesting story and then just amazing fighting in it. I mean, not totally realistic, but for an action movie, I think it's great. And you can tell they thought about, um... Yeah, just every aspect of it. It's kind of like, um, also the camera work is awesome. Um, Extraction 2, I think the camera uh, was actually another character in it just because of how it moved and mm-hmm. in and out of the action. So yeah, I don't know if you would like the Raid series. It's sort of, um, yeah, I mean, it's not like the deepest storyline. You, you might enjoy it. I don't know. I shouldn't say Yeah, that. action could go either way for me. I, In general, it's not my genre, but there's certain movies I enjoy, but usually there's some other reason that I like it. Like, um, the Marvel, Marvel movies that I like more are the ones that have some, um, usually some sort of, like, immature teen plot. Like, 
like I like Spider-Man yeah. and like um, Ms. Marvel mm. and so yeah if there's some kind of just like yeah some other story that goes with it um, I like Extraction also both of them but the first part more because it was like set in India and Bangladesh and so I, I liked the way um, that story was told because mm. a lot of Hollywood movies um, when they're based in South Asia, like there's a certain like look to it, and then they have like MIA music or something like that in the mm. background, or like something just overly romanticized. Yeah. Um, but this felt like it actually had South Asian people like involved in the production, like it, it and actors that like I even seen before and stuff. So yeah, it felt more like yeah, they took some effort to like really localize it. Mm. Okay, so that does it for this episode. You can catch us at deetsandgeets.com and on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Deets and Geets. You can catch us on the socials at Deets and Geets. So, until next time, this has been Deets and Geets. Deets and Geets.